It's all show business, kid. These trials, the whole world, show business. But kid, you're working with a star, the biggest. Give them the old razzle-dazzle, razzle-dazzle-um. I've hired tens of thousands of people. He brings up something from 30 years ago. It worked out very well. Everybody was yeah, you happy. Paid a million and by dollars. the way, the laws were totally different. Right. That was a whole different well, world. Thank you. Right. But I've hired people. Nobody up here has hired Senator anybody. Cruz. And by the way, Marco is exactly right that a federal court found Donald guilty of being part of a conspiracy to hire people illegally and entered a $1 million judgment against him. I got along with everybody. You get along with nobody. You don't have one Republican. You don't have one Republican senator, and you work with them every day of your life, although you skipped a lot of time. These are minor details. If he builds the wall the way he built Trump Towers, he'll be using illegal immigrant labor to do it. The second... So cute. Such, such a cute soundbite. But it, no, it's not a soundbite. It's a fact. Yeah, Again, go online and Google it. Donald Trump, Polish workers. You'll see it. $36,000 to go to a university. By the way, That's a fake school. And by the way. And you know what they got? I've they got you, to take I've a picture with a cardboard the cutout of Donald Trump. And by the way, That's what they I've got for the $36,000. I want to move and on. they actually did a very good job. If he hadn't inherited $200 million, you know where Donald no, no, Trump no, would no, be no. right now? No, no, Selling no. watches in Manhattan. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I took it. That is so wrong. We'll work on that. We are going to take those people, and those people are going to be serviced by doctors and hospitals. We're going to make great deals on it, but we're not going to let them die in the street. These right. people die well, in the streets, so the government answer. doesn't support health Gentlemen, government would gentlemen government all of you have agreed. Call, call it what you Cruz. want. You know what? Call it what you want. It's a yes people, or no. Call it what you want. People are not going to be dying all on the street. All of you have agreed. Waste, fraud, and abuse. We will cut so much, your head will spin. Mr. Trump, first of all, Mr. Trump. talking about the polls. I'm beating him awfully badly in the polls. But you're not beating Hillary. So you're not beating Hillary. Well, then if I can't, if, hey, if I can't beat her, you're really going to get killed, aren't you? I mean, first of all, this guy's a choke artist and this guy's a liar. You have a combination. This guy always goes you have, a, you have a combination of factors. He this can't so do it typical. for the obvious reason and he can't do it because he doesn't he does. know how to tell the truth. Here. Other than that, I rest my case. This there is, is the typical thing he does. If I were guessing is, I would say Trump, I mean, uh, I mean, Cruz and Rubio as the two closest to, to Trump in terms yeah. of their numbers. I mean, Carson, I think he, he, I wouldn't say this about him because he's not, he didn't look like, he's just, he's remaining the same. Yeah. And in case it mostly remaining the same, although it looked like he kind of like was a little more jazzed up. Mm -hmm. But those other two guys, I think that their people, their campaigns, I think this is strategic. I think they, they fought, it's a concession. It's like they just finally decided, you know, we've been sort of being our way. Trump's been doing his way. You know what I mean? Yeah. His way is, well, you know, like, anyway, we've been doing it our way, which is probably a little more, has a little more decorum in it and is a little more traditionally presidential and all that. Apparently people don't give a crap about that. They like what he's doing. So we're going to fight fire with fire. So they just came out playing his game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And especially Rubio showed, I can beat Trump-like. 
I can yeah. hit you with one-liners. I can have comebacks. Uh, and you know, I have to admit that I, while I w- I was entertained by that, I was like, entertaining. Oh, that was pretty funny. But then I caught myself on like, these people needed to be talking about the state of our our country yeah. right now. Yeah. And let's just go right into this. What do you think? Since so, sure. so and I won't even edit that part out because. We can. Uh, this will be a special uh, one-off episode of Apologetics Unplugged. Um, so you can vent about that debate. Well, not necessarily. Not overall. It, that that's sort of the um, uh, the springboard for the venting. This episode will be a little de- a little bit dated too. Uh, time's going to go. No, some... I, I'm going to actually put this up tonight. <laughs> I'm not right. kidding you. I'm going to put it up because. Um, uh, I don't care what I have to do. I'll, I'll edit this. Um, because, I mean, we're in the middle of, uh, well, we've started our series on transcendentals. And the first episode, we kind of defined what that was. Um, and so if we could have, like, just a working definition of it, it would be that which transcends um, the physical realm. But also we could even say in the abstract sense or the, in the immaterial sense, um, its principles as well. They're, they're concepts and they, they exist, you know, they, they exist outside of um, even ourselves. And um, I think this is applicable because as we were talking before, or as I mentioned before we started recording, the, the issue like with the debate, um, there's a lot of issues with that debate last night. It was the last Republican debate, but um, the issue with the culture as a whole and even those that are serving in whatever capacity, either by way of the Congress or House or um, in the presidency or at the, at the Supreme Court level, um, it seems the majority of people that are in these positions are not necessarily viewing the law as um, in the proper light. And the law itself being ultimately, and I think this you can say this and it, it, it's factual and true, the law is meant to reflect certain principles. The law is subject to those principles that it, it, it articulates, if that makes any sense. So even the law, the law of the land, even the Constitution itself is subject to a transcendent principle. And the problem that we're dealing and the reason we see the debate that we saw last night, the reason we're seeing the Supreme Court make the decisions that they're making, the president doing what he's doing is because, and the the culture at large not really caring, being in flux is because there is just this uh, exodus from transcendence, a complete, like just a a, a mass exodus away from that. And um, and ultimately, and when you move away from the reality um, you know, that sort of transcendent, that being ultimate reality, what governs ultimate reality, when there's a move away from that and towards the self or towards the state or towards whatever, you know, at the individuals, at, at, at the end of the day, statism is just, you know, individual moral autonomy, you know what I'm saying, but collectively, mm-hmm. by way of the state, they are the ones that are determining determining it's a religion of sorts but but unlike unlike the way maybe it was in former times when people worshiped uh the head of state you know go back Mm -hmm. to the imperial cult in rome they Mm -hmm. worshiped the emperor or you know and that was how it was with all pagan society it was very babylonians yeah the difference though is they didn't they had never had the chance to choose or elect who that was he Mm -hmm. just had that divine right Mm -hmm. um 
beyond a divine ride. I mean, he was divine in, in the eyes of the people in that particular cult and who performed that kind of worship. But our culture, because it's a democracy and you get to vote, it it's, puts a different spin on it. To me, it's almost as though statism, it's a filler, for one thing, in a secular culture, because you have no... You have nothing more transcendent than the state if you're a complete secularist. Right. It's the highest cause for which yes. you fight. Um, and so, but furthermore, you get to have a say on... In, in that sense, if the state is something like your God, you get to choose your God to the extent that you get to vote them in mm-hmm. so they can reflect you and look like you. Mm-hmm. And this can feed the sort of narcissism to which we're prone anyway mm-hmm. so that I, I like it the way I like it and I want it to be the way I like it so I can shape truth and reality and everything else to be the way I like it because it's my preference. And after all, the customer is always right, and I'm a consumer. Mm-hmm. And we can add to that, I think, the, the business you've been talking about, about the postmodern way we like to read um, texts, whether it's biblical or constitutional, we can approach the text we can throw out the window anything that it meant before. Because A, we don't know it, what it understood. meant because we're ignorant yeah. and illiterate when it comes to the history and the people who wrote it. And I'm t- and we can apply, I think, this to biblical Absolutely. writing and constitutional. It's just bad, a bad hermeneutic. It's a bad hermeneutic. And I'm not saying that I put the two on the same plane because Christians don't no, put no, the no, two no. on the same plane. But you're saying the method. But there's a similarity there's a in the two in that yeah. they are guiding texts. And, yeah. they, come, they, and they, they didn't drop down yesterday. They have a history. They have writers. Those writers have worldviews and purposes and aims, and the business of knowing what those were and trying to trying to discern that is an interpretive endeavor, which mm-hmm. is hermeneutics. And but our culture set, for one thing, doesn't care about history because we, we're all about the now, and so we're ignorant of it. But furthermore, we don't know it, and we don't really care. Be, and and there's a suspicion in our minds that they lived back then anyway, and we're chronological snobs. And mm-hmm. we don't think that they matter anyway because they live. There has been who what lived was back. In their mind, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's yeah. Changed. I mean, after, changed and if now. you challenge them and say, "Yeah, but they were wise. Yeah, but they well, yeah, and they had slavery back then too. Yeah. As, so in other yeah. words, we have every right to to su- to supersede what they thought and mm-hmm. reinterpret their words. And so we can we can reinterpret the Bible to fit the the social mores and. And what the popular, the current popular moral stances that a culture has, mm-hmm. we can say, well, you know, I can read the Bible so as to say, or even even people in their robes can rule and say, well, I, I can, I think we can read the Constitution to be saying, mm-hmm. even though it never said that, and the and the now late Scalia, of course, was spent endless, uh, you know, words in his speeches and addresses as time went on and he got older and he saw this happening he was that that was his thing is you know he would speak to law students and stuff and many m- many of whom sort of were torn you know even at Georgetown law school there was there was debate after his death as to how much should we honor him mm-hmm. and some people said we shouldn't mm-hmm. because because they have moved so far over left from where he and traditionalists sit mm-hmm. that they almost didn't even want they almost couldn't bring themselves to give any honor to him because they disagreed with him. But he didn't care, of course, about what they thought because he was standing on the traditional understanding and he, he was a champion for the idea that it's like we say in hermeneutics, when we talk about what the Bible means, don't we subscribe to the principle that the Bible will never mean something it never has meant before? Right, yeah. So that when you have 
you know, people who say, well, we've now uncovered a new understanding of this, or there's a new interpretation, or we now have room to say, to see the Bible as teaching this, even though it no, no it one ever thought it did it. before. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not talking about new applications, because circumstances change, mm-hmm. and applications can change with circumstances. Mm-hmm. In other words, the Bible said nothing about the internet, because there was no internet. Mm-hmm. But but principles can apply to the to internet sure. usage and all that. But we're talking about meanings that were never there before. Yeah. And and but but the the postmodern kind of deconstructionist way of approaching text has filtered down to the popular level, mm-hmm. so that we say, what really is paramount is what I prefer, what I like, my feelings. It's the pathos, yeah. right? It is the pathos, and that and then also with that is the you know like in the debate, you know a few times the phrase activist judges uh, was mentioned, and that's that's essentially what is. Um, kind of um that that applies here because it's people that are approaching the constitution um and this is a big deal because who is ever is elected they're going to appoint and even if obama does appoint uh, there's still a potential uh at least i think two more spots that could become available in the next four years or, or the next eight years or whatever so anyway the next term but um so it is of great significance it's a it's a huge thing right now and a determining factor in who you vote for. But anyway, <coughs> when they were talking about activist judges, what's that? what that means is, is people that are approaching the Constitution with these sort of um, notions of, well, I believe this about culture, so therefore I need to make the Constitution accommodate that, as opposed to, well, what is the Constitution saying, and I am I subject to it? Am I willing mm-hmm. to, to be subject to what that law is saying? Is in fact saying not i can make it make it make it fit with this do you mm-hmm. see and that's the difference yeah. and that again that is the culture at large that's it is the deconstructionism it is postmodern approach to uh you can make it mean what you want to mean you know you are the man as the measure of all things and that is right. to even say postmodern it's ancient i mean right it's an ancient belief too because we see it I know I'm always talking about Plato, but we see it in the Protagoras, right? And I'm always mispronouncing it, so I probably mispronounced that, but we see it there. But it's just a constant thing. But but when you mentioned um, the pathos, um, you know, the passion, uh, that sort of, um, um, I guess, the of Aristotelian rhetoric, right? He has the three, uh, pathos, ethos, however mm, you exp- yeah. uh, pronounce them. But, but that, like with the debate... Um, you saw a lot of that. You we know? saw a lot of one of them. Uh, well, from one, from but like. No, I mean we see you. It, it's yeah, we it's saw like the, it's ninety percent pathos. That's it, it. It's all emotion and personality and uh, the exterior. The more the shallower yes. parts of it, right? Yeah, are the most convincing things to people. It seems and, like. and, the and substance of the logos of it is inconsequential. And, to and most even people. the ethos that you know is it seems to be missing mm-hmm. and. Except for like, you know, the guy that I like, and I don't know if I can say this because I work for a nonprofit. Can I say the person that I like? I don't think I can. I'll sue you. Uh, okay. Well, the person is not um, um, a, a New York realtor. The other person is not a Florida senator. Mm. And the other person, <laughs> the boy that I do support is uh, of a Hispanic origin is in texas so that way i haven't said his name but anyway 
Uh, but it, this isn't even meant to say, okay, go vote for this guy. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to use our plat our podcast as a platform for that. But um, of the three, he's the one that tried to have some semblance of, you know, those three components of rhetoric, you know. Um, but over overall, it's just how do you do it? Standing next to somebody like Trump, how do you? And, and the thing is that that's what our culture is drawn to. And I think it's all wrapped up in a move away from transcendence. It's a move away because when you move away from transcendence, you move away from principle. You you move away from essentially truth, goodness, and beauty. You move away from that, that what is objectively defined, and you just approach it to um, or approach it with the, the idea that this connects with me, it resonates with me because I like it, you know. And whatever psychological reasons are out there for people supporting Trump – Oh, at the end of the day, it, it, it is psychological. It's like what they're connecting or it's it's emotional. You know what I mean? They're connecting on an emotional level. That's the only thing I can make sense of because it can't be. It cannot be because he's principled and it cannot be because he's eloquent and it cannot be because he's ethical or logical. Yeah. It's none of that because I've never seen any of that. You know, funny enough, I saw him like it was like off the like in between segments on something and I heard him talking and I'm like, well, he sounds like a pretty nice guy when he was just being himself, mm -hmm. when he wasn't being right. the Trumpinator or whatever. And, and on a podium. No, he, he's, but, he's being, look, he's, he's being intentional about this. Yeah. Because he even said, I think at one point, uh, I, well, no, I heard an interview with him and they were saying, um, they were saying, well, it seems like you're not always going after people quite as much as you were personally. And he said, well, you know, that 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 kind of thing is what got me here. Like I use that to get here. Yeah. Now that I'm, you know, it's he, almost he like all but admitted that yeah. that was just a tactic. That's been my shtick so what, far. Yeah. And, but but in some ways that that's an indictment on the people though because it, it is. It, and it's also an indictment that the that the other, those two guys that were standing next to him uh, start decided if you can't beat them, join them. And they yeah, and then they tried turned to, it into a what it, what even, it became. Even Cruz you know? did try to do that. Now Cruz was got in some good digs and stuff yeah but, but that's just it is is i think they decided if hey this is this is all about the one-liner and the zinger yeah and the soundbite and if you can't beat him join him this seems to be working so uh if i it's like his i think his people might have told him uh Ru Rubio's dude, people told him? him and or, Cruz or, both or, maybe like you know hey if you if we if you're gonna have a crack at uh beating this guy now it looks like you gotta uh, learn do what he's doing yeah. so go get him yeah. sick him yeah and you know and it was, I mean, sorry, it was it, actually hilarious. Oh, it was very repeat entertaining. Repeat yourself, what, five times, uh, four weeks ago? I heard you repeat yourself five times in the uh, last five seconds. It was really entertaining. But it was great, as entertaining but, as it is, you think, you think, <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you, if you could, if you could, if you could raise some of the guys just from 20, 30 years ago out of their grave if they, if they're dead. I, mean, I think Nixon they, dead? Well, I think they've Nixon's turned, dead. they've turned over in their grave for yeah. certain. So Take, just line up, you know, one. Nixon and, you know, Nixon Ford and whoever, we don't, I'm not going back that far, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, and, you know, Reagan and even Bush Sr. And just the air, you know, and this is a recent era then, right? I mean, I'm not going way back. I'm just going back a just, little ways just to what, just 20, line those guys ago, up or yeah. Dole too. And people who ran it throughout our lifetimes. And, and if they watched that, that happened, I mean, 
It's a different. They they never were in anything like that, were they? I don't remember anything like I, that. I can't remember for the anything like that, apart from like literally Donald Trump's TV show. It was essentially. But there was nobody ever Trump like production. Trump. There was nobody ever no. like Trump. That's that's it. No, and uh, there wasn't. And then there's also you know social. By the way, uh, did you catch Rubio saying you can Google it, you can go online, and I'm like. We have a presidential candidate that is giving some of the worst advice that you can give to. I'm guilty of Googling stuff, granted. But at the end of the day, that's not really how you become informed. I mean, you can Google things and get sound information, but you have you to Google think about what you sources, want. sources. You can make googly and, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought to myself, a presidential candidate just said Google it. And I'm like, that's that's not sound advice, really, because you don't know what sources that anything can pop up. So that'll get, that'll get you the youth vote. Yeah, you know, I guess. But so you know, part anyway. Sorry, that was a tangent. But, but it's nothing new. In, in in talking about what we started this thing with, yeah, it's not necessarily new. Now Trump's a different guy than they've had before, but in a in a broader sense, it's not it's not new. That what I mean is it's not new that you can win votes with primarily rhetoric mm-hmm. above substance that's been going on a oh, while oh that has oh yeah i mean obama got in on the power of speech speech making sophistry. I'm eloquence sorry. Sophist- yeah i mean sorry. really no truly <laughs> it was a different it rhetoric. was a different strain it's a different strain than the trump strain of it yeah but they have in common the fact that they're crowd pleasers even though they're doing it in different ways they're crowd pleasers. It's it's the bandwagon and the momentum and the surge of people going, yeah, I like what you say. I like how you say it. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't need to know anything else. I don't need to know any any particulars. I just, I like this. This sounds good. Yeah. This sounds good. This holds my attention. I'm down with this. The, and yeah. so I will vote for you. And in, and that is, that has become the, the main thing you do to get these masses of people to like you. You can stand over there and be... Very, you can you can be encyclopedic with your facts. You can have, you can have decades of experience where you say, "I've seen it all. I've done it all." I mean, I've been there. Boring. Nobody wants. Nobody well, cares. That's that's, um, no, that's the guy I'm voting for. <laughs> You've just pretty much, right? Uh, you know. Uh, I, here and here, here's what I think, and I could be wrong about this. This is a guess. I think if you take these all the same group, and you blast them back to to a, some, an election and say 1960. Yeah. I think Kasich beats him. You're right. Because now That's a very good point. And now now we could stipulate is it televised or not? Because that's that makes a difference yeah. too. Or in other words, are they only gonna hear well, them and the, read them or are the they gonna see them? Between Kennedy and Nixon. Right. You know, they, was, they've made much about yeah. that. But I think maybe even if it were televised, just the just the culture in nineteen sixty, the voting culture might I think they would have sized him up. I think I don't I don't know if Trump could have even got himself on a stage. I think they just would have thought this well, guy. Well, he could have, like Lenny Bruce was on stage. <laughs> That's true. At some point, so I don't know. And like I said, I don't know this. I could be totally wrong. It's just a guess. It just, I think, you know, I said that back when Dole ran. I said, you know, Dole's in the wrong time when he ran against Clinton. Yeah. I said Dole lives in the wrong time period. A generation ago, he went, he beats Clinton easy. Mm-hmm. But this generation doesn't go for the kind of. Old school political. Let me tell you how it is. Let me let me let me give you let me give you the facts. I've done this. I've done right. that. I passed this law. I passed that law. Don't you you know? Where the, the this generation at the time when they voted, Clinton, you know, Dole could do all that. He could do a litany of I've been making laws and passing laws and doing this and I've seen it all and I've done it all and I'm very very experienced and whatever. And all Clinton had to do was get up there and say, "I feel your pain." 
Yeah. And that's what wins. Yeah. That personal therapeutic, that, I'm your pal, I'm looking I'm out sorry, for you, I'm going to help you out. feigned empathy. That's what it is. But it's pathos either way. Yeah, it is. And, and, and let's translate it because... What, which what, is which? What uh, preaching wins today? What what preaching packs packs pews? Yeah, is is it is the it passion. content rich? Typically, with, no. where you learn a lot and there's a lot of truth in it, and you're challenged, and you say, "Wow, I really learned a lot from this," and I'm there's a lot of real solid growth here. But man, that doesn't get anybody. Those churches are small, you know that that have someone who's yeah, who's the, teaching. The Bible away. churches that are using exegesis. But show and, me a yeah. guy who can really tap into the, to the emotions of a of a large range of people and carry them aways on an, on an emotional mm-hmm. tide, and he'll pack them in. Yeah, and you know, and this isn't an indictment against. Uh, coming to know the truth through emotion or making decisions based on emotion, but it is an indictment on coming to know the truth or making decisions merely on emotion. So we're not trying to say, you know, paint emotion with a black, you know, black brush or anything to say you should be avoided. You should avoid it at all costs. You should be Spock in all things. I mean, yeah, because that would be the error on the other end. That would you would be a pure Vulcan voter. Yeah, and and we have we have all of those aspects to us. As, as humans, it's within our constitution to be emotional, to be logic, rational, all of that type, you know, all of those things. But, but the problem is, it's like that has won the day, and it's not the first time that's happened that emotion is wrong. That the the empty rhetoric, because when we say rhetoric, sometimes it can be sound rhetoric. It can be full of truth, and it can be well mm-hmm. stated, and it can appeal to the everything. The three prongs mm-hmm. of uh, that's why rhetoric. Re- rhetoric rhetoric was a was not a bad word in the ancient world. It, it was it a wasn't. good word. It was. In fact, it's a biblical word, right? It's the word rhema. Is it? It's from the word rhema. R h e m a would be how you would transliterate it from Is Greek. Is that from Greek? Okay. And yeah. and the difference, of course, in logos, obviously, we we all know logos all know is a Greek logos. word, and we know where it shows up, but. We we sometimes forget that so is Rhema. The two those two words for word, as it were, those two words are Greek. They're both in the New Testament, but one obviously is more expansive and philosophical and referring to everything from ideas to concepts sure. to you know almost a divine meaning. The other one though is more of the spoken word. Mm-hmm. It's the word it's the word that you communicate and usually communicate for the purpose of persuasion mm-hmm. or convincing. And to be good at that is a good thing. And can be very useful, and you need to be good at that, especially in some careers. And politi- politics is one, yeah. And the law is one if you're addressing juries, and obviously preaching is one, and sales probably. So mm-hmm. that you you're very skilled at taking your message and communicating it well. But here's the thing: you're it's it's a it's for hire. It's a tool that can serve evil too. You don't think Hitler had rhetorical skills? Of course, he I did. don't speak German, but when I watch it and I see him going, "Oh, speak in German," and the crowd goes, "Oh," well, you know, know that, I'm pretty that, sure he's he's good. That reminds me from the line in the King's speech when Colin Firth's character, well, the king is yeah. he's sitting there, and his daughter, I think it was even Elizabeth, said, "What's he saying, Daddy?" and and he's like, "I don't know, but he's saying it very well," mm-hmm. and that's the thing. I mean, and you can look at that and see, but see, that's the danger, and see. I, I, and once the Nazi card is played, the conversation's over. But that's the danger. That's the danger of being swayed merely right. through um, pathos. That's the danger right. of that, that passion, that emotion. That's the danger. Um, and again, I think our culture, and we talked about this on the phone 
um, a while, not long ago, actually, just a few days ago, I think, about that move away from that. And this isn't, an, you know, it's like a advertisement for a, a classical education, but just that classical mindset of those three components of grammar, you know, like uh, rote facts and a command of language and logic, identifying fallacious thinking in yourself and in others and then rhetoric how to express those things there's been a move away are all aspects of rhetoric you know like a like a a, Mm -hmm. like the ethos and the logos there's just the pathos now or the pathos um so that's the issue with our culture there's been a move away from transcendence and i uh, funny enough i think you could even argue that that trivium that we're talking about those the Mm -hmm. logic or, or grammar logic rhetoric are somewhat kind of tied to transcendence that's what they're kind of pushing towards anyway that might that may or may not be right but i think there might be something to that but anyway there's been a move away from that in our culture and that's why you know people aren't people don't care about facts people don't care about even learning good grammar and then don't care about um learning about truth Mm -hmm. and they're not thinking about the, they're not taught how to think clearly and identify logical fallacies. And then furthermore, they fall prey to, um, you know, uh, want like two thirds of a missing from a proper rhetoric or sound mm-hmm. rhetoric where they fall prey to just that one part. And, and I think it's all an abandonment of the trivium as it were. You know? And it's funny because even <coughs> though, even though you, you said, I, I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to advocate for classical education. You know, a lot of people, who are in education, even if they, I think even they don't always say it this way, they wish they had the old model. I, mm-hmm. And I say that because I can't tell you how often I hear people, and I, I work for different schools and universities. I sit in on meetings, you know, and I hear all these faculty people talk, and I hear the, the buzz of what they talk about among themselves. Mm-hmm. And here's what they say all of the time. They moan about this all the time. And they wring their hands over it. The big problems with uh, in, with with students today, and it, they're trying it, to go. It, and they it, say in university, in university level, secondary education. But if, I'm sure it's true, and even in high school. They at say the high school level, the, and, and, and you know what it is. What they say is lacking. They say students can't communicate their thoughts very well. They no longer can can read at as high a level. They don't have an attention span for it. And they cannot. They can't write. They can't compose thoughts well. And they really lack critical thinking. This is said over and All over three. again. Right there. And they and and see. So they're they're. If you can translate that to them saying, "Boy, we I sure wish the students uh, had the grounding of the classical education used to provide grammar, logic, rhetoric." Because that's it. I can yeah. see that they don't have that, and it's making it really hard. To get anywhere mm-hmm. in education, because what those are, and the reason that the that the ancients thought that they were foundational in is the they're the they're yeah. the basic building blocks of learning itself. So before we let you get to your subject matter, mm-hmm. history, psychology, you know, whatever studies Law, you you want to go whatever, into, sure. it's like let me give you the, the 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 basic tools first that make you an adequate learner, so that now you know how to read well, you know how to. Uh, sit and mull it over and put thoughts and together think, and think, think analyze and critically and you can then compose your thoughts and ideas in a way that communicates well and, and persuasively it. to yep. other people you get that down and now we can turn you loose in any and every field and you can be adequate in that field we don't do that anymore Mm-mm. so kids you know they used to start yeah. children at four 
doing that, learning Latin and Greek at four. So it's not like, well, we've abandoned it because people are stupid. No, humans are incredibly smart. We have, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I really. And so you look to, at the you look you know, at what in politics, and we move that ahead of ways. Now yes. you look, everyone gets the voting age, okay, and now you start to see the percentages of who people like, who they vote for. I mean. I mean, how many generations? How many generations are we if if it's moving this way until until we are living in the idiocracy and we elect uh, President Camacho? Yeah, exactly. And, and water all of our crops with Gatorade. With with Brondo, uh, the Brondo. thirst the thirst mutilator. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't Gatorade, but it was like yeah, something similar. So that's what it was. Water called. is what you put in your toilet. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's just. I, it, that might be too much of a reference for people, or like obscure reference, but it is a fantastic movie that I think encapsulates. So prophetic. Yeah, where we're going. So, uh, but anyway, I think that that's, um, I think we're out of time now, but that was really just a little bit of a rant um, that I kind of had in me after seeing that debate last night. The only thing that was missing from that debate was um, bikini clad women with placards and an arsenal of folding chairs prepped for battle. That's what it felt like. They it should be in like, an octagon. Yeah. <laughs> because that's got, that was an MMA spectacular, right? <laughs> that that should have been pay per view. <laughs> that should have been. I'm surprised. I mean, and if I were uh, Cruz, I would have definitely bitten Trump's ear off that, uh, yeah, to that, settle that's the matter. Right. <laughs> Holyfield style. Had he done that, I don't know, maybe Cruz would, numbers would soar. And well, he you might know, just go straight to the White House after that. So there's my campaign advice for Ted Cruz. Before Super Tuesday, go and bite Trump's ear off. Tell him like Tyson, I'm going to eat your children. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody get all mad and say ridiculous. Yeah. Well, what's your final thoughts? I'll let you have the I, last I'm go, word I'm going to end, I'm, and I'm going to end, uh, I'm going to lock out with a Trumpism. Okay. Okay, but I'm, I'm, I mean, just one phrase that will, that will lock it out. But, but, but the thing is, that, that what ties this in, we're doing this thing on Transcendentals. We've said it over and over, but this is, at the very least, it, it sets, um, I don't know, the parameters for, for correct perception of, of life and the world and everything. And, and this stuff we talked about, you drift away from anything objective so that you just kind of, uh, there's no true north I- anymore. Mm-hmm. Then, then you just go where the tide takes, takes you. And not only do you go that way as an individual, then collectively that's where the people go. And that's how, and, and then, you, then you elect people and you pass laws in accordance with that non-standard. Mm-hmm. And you don't remember where you came from. And, and you, can, you can find yourself in, just in stupidville. And so here's my Trumpism. What we've talked about here in this little one-off episode in, in applying this, this, is, this stuff is very, very, very important that I can tell you. <laughs>
Show. 